Welcome, gang. You're listening to the Help My Marketing podcast, where we talk all things marketing, the sexy things, the not-so-sexy things, the fun stuff, the serious stuff, basically all the things that make you a better marketer. Not just theory-based, everything we discuss on this podcast has been tried, tested, and validated by the team at Orbit over the last five years as we build successful campaigns for our agency clients in a whole range of industries. Don't forget, if you'd like help with your campaigns, go to orbitmarketing.com.au and reach out for a chat with one of our experienced marketing experts so we can show you how to bring the sort of attention and leads that could change the game for your business. Hey gang, welcome back. Um, You're listening to episode eight of the Help My Marketing podcast. And today we've got our second guest joining us. And I'm a little bit excited about this because I think we all know how important copywriting is in the overall marketing experience, but specifically around your advertising. And so today I'm joined by Charlotte, who's a copywriter, a poet, a self-published author, very importantly, a mouse mum, and I'm really keen to get her take on on a number of different things and find out a little bit about her. In complete transparency, Charlotte works for the agency that writes a lot of our advertising copy, all of our advertising copy at the moment. Um, So we know a little bit about Charlotte and we know what her work is like and it's awesome and that's why we've invited her onto the podcast today. So Charlotte, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Um, on on the website, on your website, and also on the McKee Creative website, um, you're described as somebody who writes angry poems for money. Now, <laughs> I love that. Tell us a little bit about angry poetry. What's what's angry poetry? I mean, I'm just sort of the person who enjoys the sort of poetry that talks a little bit about, you know, the politics of the time and the way that the people are. And I take a lot of inspiration from Charles Bukowski, who can be a bit of a controversial figure, but I do enjoy that he acknowledges the worst of life and the way it is. And in that he's able to find the fact that life is beautiful because there is so much badness and, you know, negativity, that there's this beautiful balance of, you know, bad to good. So I, I really enjoy my angry poetry. It's more so for me because it helps me sort of mentally get out of myself and put it all down on paper, but definitely enjoy making a bit of money that way, though. It's a diff- something different to bring to the world, I think. Yeah, right. There's there's definitely a pattern, I think, isn't there? When, when we look at, you know, creative people generally and, and people who are in the arts generally, I think, you know, musos, it's pretty well acknowledged that a lot of their really great work comes from pain, doesn't it? And you see, you know, I don't know, you see musicians who've written great works and suddenly they're happy in their life and the kind of music stops and, like, you, you don't want to wish pain upon anyone but you kind of think, oh, God, I wish that person could have some pain so they could write something awesome. Is it, Like, do you find that that's kind of true? A hundred percent. I think that that to me is kind of the creative issue. It's, you know, trying to create, you know, being in pain so you can create something good, but then also trying to establish goodness in your life and tap into the pain still, even if you're feeling good. So I think that is a big challenge for a lot of creatives. Definitely. I think, yes, pain is one of the biggest, biggest things that creators look to, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, So you're, you're now, 
like a really integral part of the team there um, at McKee Creative. I know that, I think you're working on a couple of things for us at the moment, but you do a lot of um, the sort of sales copywriting, the advertising copywriting. Is, is that, I don't know, what's my question? For a creative and someone who's clearly like genuinely a creative person, is that like selling your soul, doing ad copy? <laughs> Are you well, like, oh, this gonna pays be, the bills, so yeah. I better do it. <laughs> When I first started and before I even started, I always thought my friend Taylor, who's um, Joe's daughter, who actually helped get me the job, she'd been talking about getting me into copy for a while. And I sort of said, look, I think that's selling out. I think it'll ruin my passion for writing. But as somebody who has spent her whole life wanting to get into the writing industry and wanting to sort of make a career off the love that I have for writing in English, I've actually loved this so much more than I thought I would. I will admit you lose that time to be creative. It makes it harder to sit down at your, you know, table and think about, oh, I'll write some poetry now because you've spent all day writing. Mm. Um, But I find that I actually surprisingly enjoy it a lot. It's quite, it feels like a bit of a sellout, but I think at the same time it's like I've spent my whole life working to get somewhere where I can be paid good money to write and now I get to do that and I actually enjoy coffee a lot more than I thought I would. I feel like... The way we look at it at our agency is that it's all about picking up different stories and you've Mm -hmm. got to tell a different individual story. You know, you've got to live for that, you know, product or the business that they've got. And so it's kind of nice for me because I'm like, well, this is fun. It's a different challenge for each thing, having to be like, oh, whose story am I in today? What am I doing today? What am I sort of, you know, making this story about? So I actually really love it, to be completely honest. That's awesome. And I don't know if you've noticed this, like, um, how long you've been around, you know, that sort of sales copy industry. But are you noticing a change away from that kind of fear-based copy where we used to be really big on, here's a pain point, let's agitate the crap out of it until this person feels worthless and then let's give them a solution to it. Away from that and more into, you know, sort of um, positive messaging making helping people achieve goals and realize dreams more so than fear-based copy yeah definitely and that's a really good point that you bring up because I was thinking at the start of that that you know in the agency we work for we've always been told we're not focusing on fear we don't like that we focus on you know the pain points but we make it into a positive and it is interesting you saying that because looking at it as a whole I feel like the way that society is now we are kind of more hopeful inspirational instead of digging at that negativity and advertising so it is quite interesting yeah, I have to say it's one of the reasons that we work with you guys is, you know, we don't want to be one of those brands or we don't want to help those brands that want make that want to make people feel self-conscious or, you know, less than they really are. We want to work with somebody like you who makes people feel good about themselves and has goals and dreams and aspirations. So I think, like, do you think as that creative person, do you think that makes it more palatable for you? to be able to write sales copy when it's coming from that place? A hundred percent. If it was attacking, you know, not attacking, but digging into fears and all of that stuff badly, it would feel pretty nasty. But every time I write copy, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, it might make someone feel good. Drop in a little sentence that might be super hopeful without even having to, you know, sell them anything. So it's it's really nice getting to do that. It gives a little good feeling inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, tell me, because we've spoken about, you know, you write poetry, then there's sales copy, which maybe felt like a bit of a sellout, but it's not really. What's the difference between like a content writer, maybe somebody who can write an article for a newspaper, for example, and a sales copywriter? 
Look, that's a tough question to me. To me, I'm like, well, they're about all the same. Um, and I guess that's the thing coming from me. I'm looking at it from an English perspective of um, you given a task, you write the task, you get the task out, you know, you're following these strict, you know, guidelines on how to write copy or how to write content. So to me, I will admit personally, it's all the same, but mm. I haven't been in the industry long enough to be able to actually <laughs> define that. Yeah, but, uh, but I think... That's the kind of perspective I think that that we're looking for, though. You know, from the outside, it can be easy to look at one and think, "Well, that's one particular set of skills," and then look at something else and it's the other. But it's cool to hear from somebody who's in there in the trenches, doing it every day, saying, "You know what? There's actually elements of that in everything." Yeah, so that's um, that's cool. So you mentioned that Joe's daughter is a friend of yours. Tell us a little bit about your kind of story. Like, what brought you to the point that you're at now? Um, well, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a long one, um, but I always liked English um, in high school. It was a big, you know, raise your hand in every single class. Enjoys English a lot, um, and it was actually initially. I'll go through the whole story for you. Sorry, it's going to be a long one. <laughs> okay, um, cool. I've got a copy. I used to go, good. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, I used to go to therapy back in high school, and it was at that point where I had a therapist that used to sort of say, "You write a lot of poetry. Bring it in. If you don't feel like you understand what it says, let's just have a look at it." We analysed it and it was very interesting being like the stuff that back in the day when I first started writing poetry, it was really abstract sort of stuff, stuff that didn't really, wasn't clear sentences. It was just like ideas, very, very abstract. Um, and we actually broke that down and realised that it came from somewhere, that it all sort of meant something. Mm -hmm. And it was in that moment that I was sort of like, I enjoy doing this. This is a good thing for me to, you know, yeah. just keep doing in my life because clearly it's getting something out. Um, and then by the time I finished high school, I had spent a lot of my high school life, you know, you get your computer in these days where they suddenly brought laptops into school and you'd sit in your computer and everything's blocked, but you'd have to find some way to sort of waste time. So I'd be in there doing this. There was Writer's Cafe is a website that used to be able to go on. I still think it's up today and just post free poems and stories and whatever. And so I used to post a lot of stuff in there during school and sort of be like, oh, look, this is fun. I'll have a fun time. Um, and I actually got published through a competition there by the time I finished high school. And so that was, yeah, sort of the point. It was published in print. It was for an anthology series that was charity-based, um, just a small setup. But it was like, I'm in print. Look at me. I'll buy six copies of the book. This is awesome. And so by the time I finished high school, I wanted to pursue the writing. I knew that with the poetry I was getting somewhere so it was like let's keep going admittedly I would have liked to write short stories but I'm I'm still to this day trying to get the you know the what do you call it willpower to sort of sit down and focus on one piece um but so that happened and then it was wanting to work on that and focus on that a lot of my friends are big creatives and they sort of said look give yourself the power you know give yourself the space to do what you want to do so it started with I'll make a website I'll do this I'll keep working then I started on the chat books, which were just like my own. I handmade chat books. I don't know if you know what they are, but for poetry, it's like a little collection of mm -hmm. sort of portfolio of all your work. Um, and so I made one of those. And then the sales for that was actually nothing I would have expected. Very, very re good reviews all around. Made very good money on that one. A few international sales was a bit like, oh, that's a bit that's wild. Awesome. Um, yeah. And so then I kept going with that for a while and developing the site and developing an Instagram account and going on and pushing for it. Um, released what two more chat books I think it was two in one year that I did originally in 2019 so that was sort of the year that it all kicked off yeah. um, and then I kept pottering through that and started thinking I think it was what six months before I got the job at you know McKee Creative um, I started thinking look 
do I do a copy course? Do I want to go into publishing? Do I want to go into editing? And so I'd started looking at doing, there was a one-year course in Australia you can do that gives you a start for, I think it's professional writing and it goes through, you know, content writing, and go through absolutely everything, how to edit, how to publish, all that stuff. And I thought, look, let's just get in there. Um, and before I had time to get in there, then I met, well, my friend at the time, Taylor, Joe's daughter, brought up that there was a job opening and sort of said, you know, you should get in there. And I thought, I have no experience whatsoever. I might need some qualifications before I get into an actual career. Um, but then that was the thing is I met Joe, and she was happy with everything that I'd sort of built. And mm. I think that was the good moment for me. It was suddenly like I've spent all my life doing these websites and chat books that yeah. by that stage, you know, 23, I was starting to think that was a bit of a waste of time. What are you doing? It's not going anywhere. But then I think that in itself sort of, Joe was able to see that I could make a website and I knew how to post stuff and I knew how to do this and I had an understanding of the basics of how to build something and try to market it at a very base level. And so I ended up, yeah, getting the job in digital marketing and it was like a dream come true for me, really. It was like didn't have to get a qualification, didn't have to do anything, just got off my merit alone. So And I think qualifications can be overrated sometimes, you know. Um, uh, you, You learn a lot of stuff at university that you then have to go into the real world and kind of either unlearn or you have to learn how that applies to the real world because it's all theory and it comes out of books. And so those years that you spent developing those skills are, are worth at least as much as a uni degree and, and, and probably more. And not just that, especially in marketing, it's so cool to have a fresh set of eyes. It's so cool to have a perspective from somebody that doesn't have baggage from 20 years of having worked in the industry that's really not relevant anymore. You know, things change so fast. Um, so that's, like, um, it's it's excellent that you've managed to find something that you really love doing, something that you really want to do. So kudos to you for finding that so early. Good job. It takes some of us a really long time to get there. Um, I say I've into that luck very well. Yeah. Um, okay, so... You guys write a lot of copy for a whole lot of different things. Um, a lot of our listeners are smaller businesses who are running social media advertising campaigns and looking for a bit of help and support with that. Um, what makes good advertising copy? So think about kind of direct response type copy. Um, I know that there's a lot of automated platforms out there that can help people write copy. Um, you know, I think the jury's out on how effective those can be. They have a lot of formulas built in which either work or don't work. But from your perspective, are there like are are there um, rules? Are there things that people can follow in order to help create good copy? Well, I'll give you the big secret that we've been given at our agency. That I hope I'm not, you know, giving out wrong information. I won't tell Joe that you said this. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, but we usually just focus on the whole whole. If you're writing copy, hit the pain point, even if you hit it in like a sentence. And I'm not talking like fear based. Mm. Oh, you don't want this to happen. But just this is the situation that you're currently in. Slowly introduce a bit of a solution, and then move through that, and then give them the benefits and whatnot. But it's always about starting off with that pain that you know what they're actually feeling what they're concerned about and doing that and which is obviously a lot nicer if you can find a positive way to come into that where it's more of a acknowledging the pain in a positive manner but it's always just about acknowledging what they're actually feeling at the time because that gets attention and then just following through solution you know a sentence or two of the pain bit of solution and then introducing the product and then a bit of social proof we always push in always got to have those quotes and whatnot but to us that always is the steps of success it's 
every bit of our coffee. That's exactly how we do it. It's just the simple formula of that, but just finding out what the brand is, what their issues are, and then just working that into the coffee. So, Yeah, that's a really interesting point, finding out what the brand is. There's, you know, we talk about tone of voice. We talk about, you know, brand voice. Is there really big differences between, you know, that kind of tone from one brand and another? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, you'll sometimes see fun, you know, e-com fashion brands that are all, you know, lively and want lots of emojis and want lots of fun. And then there are other brands that, you know, they want a serious opinion. They want it to be well-spoken, inform- uh, sorry, informal, more formal and professional as opposed to this informal fun language. So it is, there is a big difference. And it's even just very, very small stuff. You know, we've had clients we've sent stuff to and we've had the pain point and we've made it positive, but they'd like it even more positive. It can't even acknowledge, you know, slight pain. It's only got to be. So it's a very, it just depends on who you are. Yes, there's a very big difference between each brand. Yeah. And have you, have you seen examples of, you know, um, clients or, or brands that have really got it wrong? Look, yes, to be completely honest, we have a, it sounds a bit awful, but you do sometimes send some stuff back and, or you even go onto the website and it's like, this doesn't feel exactly what it's meant to be. There could be a different voice or tone in there, but it's, it's, yeah, when you're writing coffee, you've just got to do your best. And if the client sends it back and says, oh, we don't like this. And you're thinking this is probably going to work really well. It's like, well, we'll leave it up to you. We've left the original in there in case it'll help you in future, but there you go. Yeah. Um, what about no-nos? Um, I know that you write, like for, for us, you guys write a lot for Facebook. Are there any kind of real no-nos for writing for particular platforms? You know, things that will Look. either get you in trouble or that you think that just never works on that platform? <sighs> Look, it's a tough one for me because I'm still cementing all of the nice and stuff to Joe a lot of the time, which is Charlotte, this, you still can't do this. It's mainly getting those Facebook, the guidelines going. So no mention of others is a big thing that we've highlighted. If you say others or people like me or any of that sort of acknowledging the others and likeness and there's just a lot of, you know, don't mention, I think it's prices. You can't mention, you know, the amount of money that you'll think somebody's going to make in certain Facebook campaigns depending on what your brand is. Um, but otherwise, it's just, you know, trying not to swear, trying not to say things that, you know, <laughs> won't exactly be received very well. But otherwise, I'm not I'm not the biggest professional on that, so I will admit. <laughs> yeah, okay. But I think there's, but there's some really good points in there that people probably wouldn't necessarily think about. You know, particularly if you're selling something, if you're selling a course or if you work in the financial services industry, you want to talk about dollars and you want to talk about money. Um, and so it's imp- I guess that's a really good point to kind of be aware, well, don't do it too much or you're going to find yourself in trouble. Um, copy, we, we do tend to think about copy as being something that's related to advertising, but it kind of, um, it, 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 it gets into every aspect of marketing, doesn't it? A hundred percent. I definitely agree with that. It's not just your copy. It gets into your email marketing, even just the emails that you're having between customers. If you build those up, you know, automated or anything, it's a very, it becomes a language and who you are as a, as a business, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So businesses, so, so what are the, um, I guess, what are the communications or the communication channels that people often sort of forget about when they're thinking about professional copy? 
I mean, look, there's just so I'm sitting here like, I guess I'll just have to list it all off to go for it. But you've got, you know, your email, you've got your sales, you've got your, you know, even what you're posting on Facebook is a Facebook post that that is included. We've been doing a lot of work where we're just posting, you know, on Facebook for people and getting the right language and getting the right stuff out. I'm just trying to think what else there is, you know, your many chat flows, if you do have any automated um, messenger, you know, um, setups. I'm just trying to think what else there is, your emails. What about, um, do you guys do much with landing pages, you know, like sales pages? Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, 100% sales pages. We'll do even just certain details on a page. We do SEO work, so if there's a sentence on a page that could be added and optimized, sometimes that one sentence with a keyword will make a massive difference to how your page responds. So it's every little detail of what goes up, basically. Learning that every little bit of word that goes on to anything to do with your, you know, brand or business, it all needs to be thought about very well to help it optimize properly. So, yeah, and and um, and what about some of those, um, not just the channels, but even little bits within channels? So um, I'm thinking about things like email signatures, even you know, there's 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 some of those little things we can have a bit of fun, hey. That's exactly it because Joe and I just found a brand the other day. I can't remember the name of it, but they just sell shorts. But every single bit of that website, you know, even when you're looking at the, the subscribe to the email list, it was something about these jokes are just for us, but sign up if you want to. And it was just every detail that was so well done. And it's like you can have so much fun if you want to with it and still make it so, yeah, so good and so well, you know, captivating. I, I love that attitude. You know, you can, you just said it, then you can have fun with it. Hey, it should be fun, shouldn't it? Marketing should be it fun, right? It doesn't have to be just this, oh, I'm selling stuff. How can I be mean and, you know, disconnect and da-da-da. It's like, no, make it fun. Make it exciting. The copy that somebody is going to notice is going to be the fun, different stuff that isn't like everybody else's work. Yeah, 100%. Um, okay, so... Now, if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking, oh, God, I really like the sound of what these guys do, and they want to get some copy written, how do they find you guys? How do they reach out to you? Um, so basically, we've got a website for your ads on demand. We do have a digital marketing agency website. That's the whole mccreative.store. So if you want to sort out, you know, digital marketing with us, you can. Otherwise, we have a website called your ads on demand. And it's just very simple. We've got like an order form. You can order, you know, five ads plus a sales page plus this. And then you just send it through to us with a bit of a brief, a bit of an example on what you want. And then two, uh, three days, three business days, we'll have that one back to you. And we have two alterations. Um, that we're happy to go through for free. So if you send it back to us a couple of times and say you need to fix this, we're happy to do that for you. But, yeah. yeah. Awesome. And um, and I'll make sure that, that the link to um, your ads on demand is in the show notes as well. So if people do want to kind of have a look and, and, and reach out, then they can do that. Um, okay. So if you had one parting bit of advice for a small business that's thinking about, you know, creating some copy for their marketing campaign... Is, is there, you know, something succinct that you can give them? Is there one little piece of advice that you can give them? Look, I'm not sure, but I do really want to say probably have fun with it. Don't look at it as something that has to be difficult and, you know, professional and you've got to freak yourself out about. Have fun and be honest about who you are and just go with that tone, go with what you want to do and just see how it goes. And test things, hey. Try different things. Yes, like it doesn't 100%. have to be. The first thing you write doesn't have to be the last thing, hey. 
That's exactly it. The testing, Joe and I always mention that one, that it always comes down to just test a tiny little thing. A tiny little alteration can actually make a big difference instead of spending hours trying to redo something. It's just, yeah, test it all out. You're very right. Yeah. Um, actually, I can't remember who said it. Somebody said something to me. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was about, you know, what you leave out is more important often than, than what you put in. Yes. Yeah. So, so what, like, can you explain that to me? <laughs> I mean, I think, and obviously this is uh, my comprehension of it, but I always think it comes down to the, it's always about putting in the most important piece of information and you don't need to put in this lollygagging about this and this and this. It's sometimes just you put in exactly what's necessary and then just, you know, leave that space for them to sort of, oh, what's that? Let's learn more about this. What else is going on? You know, what's the behind the scenes of this sort of stuff? I like to, you know, you give them what's necessary and then that let them let them sort of figure out the gaps if they want to it gives them a bit of that interest if you ask me but that's only my understanding of it yeah yeah well you're the you're the professional in this conversation um but that that does that that did actually um jog my memory on something one of the one of the questions that we do get from time to time is like what's the ideal length for a bit of copy how many words should it be and i'm like is that like how long's a piece of string I think so a little bit because for us and I've read you know from the training that we've had and what we've been taught it always comes down to it's what you feel at the moment if you want to do long copy because it feels right to you with what you're writing go for long copy if you feel like short copy is going to work go for short copy it's about kind of testing it out and seeing what works for you because depending on different days you might you know want to push out a bunch of long copy all day and you might have a great time of it other times you might go look I'm going to get everything I need to be said in a really short amount of time. So we always, again, it's always just about testing and seeing what works and how it goes. So I wouldn't say there's any strict ballpark. It's just whatever works and whatever feels right is, you know, what's right. Are there any, are there any kind of rules of thumb around different either industries or, or products? You know, do you find that longer copy tends to work for certain types of products and short for others? Definitely. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, Ecom brands of fashion definitely usually enjoy, you know, their short copy. You see them on Instagram and Facebook where it's very short, very punchy, has its little, you know, listicle with their emojis and whatnot. And it's just short to the point, needs what it needs. Um, whereas I do find, you know, masterclasses, a lot more of this professional, you know, work where you're trying to tell a story and tell them, you know, a solution and what they need. We do find long copy works a little bit better. So I think it kind of comes down to, are you selling a small product that you want to just get a lot of buzz for? not a small product, but a single product, or are you selling more of a course or a, you know, professional service or something? And the professional service is usually a little bit longer to us. But as we said, it completely depends on the situation and how we feel. You can still have short, good copy that's, you know, for business and services and good long copy for um, e-com and fashion brands. So Yeah, it's um, David Ogilvy said, always be testing and your ad copy will always be improving. Um, and last question different stages of the sales funnel so top of the sales funnel middle of the sales funnel bottom of the sales funnel are there big differences in the type of copy that you would write for each one look there is a little bit i'm really glad you asked that because i forgot that there was a lot of training we went through for that one i'm like oh yeah charlotte from a few months ago i'm very excited she knows her stuff now um, we find that with Top of Funnel, obviously, that's your um, cold audience. Um, it's usually all about the headlines and the link descriptions to us. Um, we find that in the headlines for Top of Funnel copy, you need to address the audience and you need to address, you know, their exact fears or their desires in the headlines. Link descriptions are usually the benefits. 
However, for middle of funnel and bottom of funnel, when it's getting a little bit warmer, you're looking at directly showing them the exact benefits, the stuff that they haven't seen from competitors, the stuff that's going to make them go, yep, I've been looking for this, but this is the one that I want. This is what's different to what's out there. Whereas in the top, it's usually the top of funnel. It's usually just us sort of saying, look, look what we've got. This is what we have. This is an answer to your solution. Whereas, yeah, in the warmer audiences, middle of funnel and bottom of funnel, it's always just this is how we're different. This is what we are. A lot more social proof in those ones. We just spam it with social proof in the middle of funnel and bottom of funnel to make sure that they know that there's something different out here and people are happy with this product. So, Yeah, cool. So the further down the funnel people get, the more direct, I guess, the call to action can be, you know, kind of, and, and you get right to the bottom and it's like, dude, do you want this or do you not want it? Like you've been, yeah. <laughs> you've been in my ecosystem for a while now. It's time to, you know, fish your cut bait. Um, yeah, cool. Okay. Hey, um, Charlotte, it's been really fun. I've really enjoyed chatting to you and really appreciate your insights. I think there's a couple of little nuggets of gold in there. So, <laughs> so thank you very much for joining us. Um, we're going to go live with this um, episode of the podcast on Thursday, so keep an eye out for that. Um, links to Charlotte's website or to the um, your Ads on Demand website will be in the show notes. Charlotte, it's been great chatting to you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for that one. I really appreciate it. All right. See ya. Thanks. Bye.